Hi guys, I am Jash Vora, a 22-year-old student from Mumbai and an aspiring restauranter. In my journey towards opening my own food service outlet someday, hopefully not too far in the future, I am trying to create this space where I can talk to young and upcoming restauranters who have recently opened their own food service operations and pick their brains about how they went about establishing their brand. I hope a few other souls like me who hope to start a restaurant or cafe someday can learn a thing or two from this. Enjoy! We have a short third episode coming your way from Alibaba today. I talked to Dhani Goregaonkar, the owner of the Paisley Experience, a farm to folk sustainable eating experience in Alibaba, which brings to you the local cuisine, which is called the Pachkalshi cuisine. Enjoy! It took, it took two months roughly. Okay, so not, not that long too, right? Not that long. Okay. And you can start before you get your FSSAI license. Yeah. It will, yeah. So it's not that longer waiting period. Got it. So quite easy. Hi, Dhani. Hi, Josh. So I am Dhani, also known as Dhanashree Burekaupar. I am also a student of Pretty Much It. Could you please introduce yourself? I am currently running a restaurant, a farm to folk venture in the village of Alibag and yeah I think so I'll start I'll start from the last question Paisley actually is an Indian print you see a lot of it in textiles it resembles a raw mango and we basically named it after that because raw mango is an is a very integral part of our cuisine right and the cuisine we serve is actually the cuisine I grew up on it is called the Patsukashi cuisine it is the cuisine of some of the original inhabitants of Bombay and India. Okay. People who first settled in these areas. This is the cuisine of those people. And when we started Paisley, we started out as a delivery kitchen. And eventually, once we got the space, once we grew with time, we made it a whole holistic experience, which involves dining and you know, we grow our own vegetables. The more it's more than just a restaurant. People right. get to see where the food is coming from. People get to learn about the cuisine when they eat it. Right. So what are some of the main items on the menu you would say? Like some like I know it's seasonal, right? But what are some of the perennial items or what are the special uh, seasonal items? So when we talk seasonal, we have a lot of we go with a lot of basically whatever's fresh. Right. That is the main and the way we go about putting these dishes on the menu is something I really enjoy. We do a lot of research. We, we actually read a lot of old recipe books, talk to characteristic of all of our dishes. We use the freshest ingredients possible. We use whatever's growing locally. And our menu is actually, it has a few dishes that you won't see anywhere else on any other menu. Okay. For example... We have our pineapple ampi, which is a very unique pineapple curry. People right. find it weird having a fruit. I mean, people get angry right, it's about quite having pineapple on, on pizza, but having yeah. pineapple in the curry puts people off at times. But when they try it, it's something different. And right. it's a whole different flavor profile for some people, you know? Right. And we have a lot of different dishes, which are not usually found in the mainstream menus. Right. Talk to people who've been cooking these for years and develop them to make them more palatable for right. everybody. 
So, uh, okay. what, uh, how did Paisley come about? Could you please tell us about that? I think Paisley came about after uh, I decided, like after I finished my training, I realized that working in a big organization is not really for me. It really limits a person's creativity. Right. Like everybody who's worked in a hotel knows that when you work in a hotel, at least at an entry level or, you know, in the beginning, the, your work is not really a reflection of you. Or right, 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 right. I completely get that. It's like, it's yeah, like you're, you're just, just following SOPs. Right, exactly. You're just being told what to do and you do it like a robot. Yeah, so it's, I didn't want to be just another cog in the machine. Right? right. So that's when I decided I wanted to start something of my own. Right. And to me in Aliba, when we realized that untapped market even at that point of time before the pandemic the food scene in bombay was very saturated Correct. every other corner there was a new place coming up and you know there's a lot of people doing western food southeast asian food and they're doing a brilliant job at it right and as much as i enjoy cooking these dishes a part of me knew that this is not for me it's not my true calling so Okay. I decided to look into my own cuisine and I realized that, wow, there's a lot of dishes that people don't know about at all. Right. Started. So, uh, the main team is you and your mom, right? Yes, I am crazy with my mother. Right. So, how did you both uh, make the major decisions regarding the brand? Like, choosing to make it a farm to fork operation, choosing the aesthetics over there. The cuisine and the team was already decided because it's the two of you and you all wanted to make this cuisine, right? But the other major decisions to be made, what was the process followed for those decisions or what were those decisions basically? So in terms of aesthetics and marketing and all of that, I actually had to teach myself how to go about uh, okay. promoting, creating a brand and promoting it. Right. Because a lot of these hospitality courses including the ones that we did, right. do not focus on the selling part of the food. They just prepare, they just go on the preparing correct, correct. The food side of it and the back-end functions. Nobody is telling you how to actually sell your food. Right. So for anybody who is actually starting out, I would highly recommend you do some online courses on marketing, figure out how to make creatives. Okay. I mean, there are people who can do it for you, but... If you're starting out as a small business, it's always better to know how to do it. Yeah, of course. And that way you can create a brand that actually is a reflection of you. Right. There's a little bit of yourself in the brand. So if you look at our social media at the very beginning, and if you look at it now, it has evolved over time because right. I'm learning right. how to make these things, how I want to sell my brand, how, to, how I want to present it. Correct. And when it came to staffing, that was another major decision. Okay. We decided to go with, uh, we decided to go with local staff. Right. Who aren't formally trained. Okay. So then, how did you go about training them in the type of food and more so in the disciplinary part of it, where how a kitchen is supposed to run, right? Yes. So basically, these people were very talented when it came to cooking because these we have a kitchen staff that is all women. Okay. So cooking is something they do every day. Right. That is not something we had to actually teach them. 
we just have to teach them a few recipes here and there that this is different from how you make it. This right. is how we want to set. We just have to set in, set up certain SOPs in terms of cleanliness, organization, right. and how food should go out. Right, the presentation part so, of it. Yes. So basically, they cook like they would at home with the same techniques. We have a with the same tools. We have a chula also. Okay. You no, know, everything in the rural setting we. prepare it like they do it so it's quite indigenous yeah it's just that certain standards are were set in terms of cleanliness and organization like you would in a professionally run right right so uh, who is the executive chef over there like who runs the kitchen on a daily basis is it one of your or is it some of the locals initially it would my mom and i were there at all times okay Like every order that went out, we were scrutinizing. We were it. watching. Yeah. We were scrutinizing. We were cooking some orders on our own. Even right. now, we still cook now and then. But uh, now we have a staff that can manage orders from on their own. Right. So you we you all can to... focus on some other important things with this marketing and stuff. So I feel like now there's no time for people to try new dishes like. Right now, you know, people have become right. more experimental with the food they eat, right. especially when they're traveling. That is one major advantage I have. That my customers are people who are holidaying or traveling. Correct. And they, when you're traveling, you are always open to new experiences. Right. So people who come to my restaurant are always open to trying something different, trying something local, trying right. a different cuisine. They don't want. The people don't want to go to Alibag and eat the same thing that they are eating in Bombay. Right. So that is a big plus for me in terms of people being open to a different cuisine. Right. And in your views, how can it be made even more popular in like mainstream areas? In mainstream areas, I feel like there's so much competition. There's not much. You and I can really do to make food popular. If right. the food is good, I think it will sell anyhow. Right, right, right. I mean, there's Ashok Wada Pav is not going out and telling people to eat his right, food. Right, correct. Product is good, it will sell. Right, right, right. Got it. And I think that one rule is is above all others. Yeah. Yeah. There's only so much marketing can do. Correct. So. Uh, What are your views on the rise and the future of such experiential dining uh, outlets, which especially with you know farm to fork concepts, which promote sustainability? Because these are not usually found in your mainstream dining areas, right? They, you have to travel for it, or you have to probably, if not travel, you have to spend more for it because you are traveling that far. And also, there is the problem of seasonality with it, right? So, what yes. are your views on the rise of such experiential dining places? Is it I like, is it in a nascent stage, or is it picking up quite fast now? I think it's still starting out. It's still very small, but it has a lot of potential with people becoming more aware about sustainability, right, and the environment. People want to know where their food is coming from. People are. Going vegan, people are eating organic. People know what these things mean these days. Correct. And they want to make a conscious effort to 
no other source of their food, know where it's coming from. And people are willing to travel for food and for the whole experience. Right, right. People just want to break away from the normal, right? Yes. Earlier, it was difficult for us in monsoon because all the ferries would shut down. Right. And uh, the roads would actually be very bad if you wanted to drive down. But now with the Ropax ferry starting, it has made our life much better. People are still traveling up and down in comfort. Right. And the seasonality factor is not affecting us as much as it used to. Earlier, okay. monsoon would be like a total shutdown in Aliba. Right. And especially now with the whole pandemic, people are buying houses there. People are vacationing it's the closest most convenient place to go to right right so that is also a big factor that has contributed to the seasonality of our outlet great so uh what have been your major milestones and what have been your major challenges till now so milestone it's not anything big but um one of my friends had asked on a whatsapp group he was he was coming to aliva he asked on a right. whatsapp group uh, what are some of the good places to try? What, is, right. what should we try when we go there? And majority of the people on that group said, fairly experienced. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, and that was a milestone for me because I realized that people were actually talking about my food, my food was speaking for itself. And people basically knew that if you're going to Aliba, you should eat fairly experienced. You should go to eat at the experience. And right. I think that was one of my biggest milestones. And what about the challenge of getting guests to travel to come this far, getting the word out with the marketing and the promotions, and also about uh, creating new and different menus every time there's a change in seasons, depending on the fresh ingredients? Because I feel that would also be quite a big challenge, right? Because as soon as something goes out, you have to bring a new star dish in. Uh, pretty much. So when it comes to people traveling, uh, people have started traveling doing day trips much okay. more frequently because of the Roro. Right. And people are moving to Alibab with this whole work from home right. thing happening. So that has been uh, an advantage for us. And when it came to marketing, we were, we were constantly putting out posts about our whole experience, about our farming, about the food we make. Right. About everything we do on Instagram. And I have had a lot of people contacting me saying that they're willing to plan a weekend trip to Alibab just to eat our food. Right. So if you create a certain, if, if you create an attractive uh, front for people to see, people will be willing to travel for your food. Right. It's not just the food you're selling, it's the whole experience. When you're telling people to come eat your food, you're telling them to travel. Correct. You're telling them that there is so much to do and see in Alibag. You should make a trip. Correct. And while you're there, you should eat our food. And when it comes to seasonal menus, it's it's really fun for me, actually. Right. Because I get to go through this whole process of doing research as to what is seasonal, what do the locals eat, what is right. available. And I get to dig up old recipes. I ask a lot of people around. And... It's, it's a learning experience for me every time I decide to make a new menu. So coming to the type of cuisine that you are selling, it's quite regional. So Alibag yes. is quite a popular tourist destination too now. So how do you all 
cope with going against uh, restaurants which are selling burgers and fries and pizzas like is there a big competition in that do they take up a major market share and what has been your experience with that so i don't really see it as competition because there's people who want to eat pizza and burgers and there's people do- doing a brilliant job at it even in alibaba there's a lot of good quality pizza and pasta and all of that stuff available but at the same time there's people who want to go to a certain place and eat the cuisine of that certain that place, place yeah and there's always going to be people who are more adventurous than others and people who prefer a more familiar safe option right so in your opinion so you that, try not to go chasing after those and try consolidating these people is it yes okay exactly so there's always they are always going to have their customer base and i'm going to have my customer base right so it's not really competing right 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 they're good at what they do and i feel we are good at what we do right so uh now coming to the legal aspects and the permission aspects of opening the food service operation what was your experience like uh, while getting all the permissions and the legalities done while opening the restaurant so uh, i feel like as a first time take these matters into their own hands there's people who will do it for you there are agencies who will do it for you okay but it's always best to at least try doing it on your own first right because that way you know what you've signed on what you, what your legal what your legal obligations are what permits you need and in that process you make a lot of contact so okay. for me more than the legal permits more than the fssai and all of that we had to build a better rapport with the gram panchayat okay and it's always better it's always advantageous to have a good rapport with your local authorities right especially if you're starting out a small business you need that support so uh, approximately how much time did it take you to get all of the legal aspects in place before you started operating since the time you started the process yes right so now if you could if you could give me a checklist of what are the things that one person should know before they go about starting a food service operation according to me the first and foremost thing is the idea you need to know what kind of food you want to sell you need to more importantly you need to believe in this idea that you have you need to be passionate about it if right. you just think of it as a business if you just think of it as something commercial and you don't put it, you you won't end up putting as in as much love and effort right as it takes so i think that is very important just having an idea you believe in right researching the kind of food you want to sell researching the kind of researching the kind of market you are trying to appealing appeal to so first and foremost it would be gathering information having a solid idea of what you want to do with your right. business second of all is a very practical thing that's your budget you need to know where your funds are coming from at least for the next 6 to 7 months of your business okay you, your business is not going to start making money instantly right you need to be able to sustain the first at least 6 months 
you need to have that you need to prepare for that you need to figure out all, all of your costs you need to figure out what kind of raw material you'll be using where your raw material is coming from and budget for all of that and third would be planning okay you need to plan your menu you need to plan where who you're employing how the organization is going to be structured you need right. to plan your marketing basically a lot of planning i suggest you actually look up you need to look up how to make a business plan and actually make one as if you're presenting it to some investors got it even if you're not presenting it to anybody and if it makes if your business makes sense on that if it makes sense to you right then you should go ahead with it right fourth would be location once you figure out your location you need to figure out basic things like your electricity your water especially if you're running a business in a rural area like alibagh you need to figure out these small things which one would usually take for granted in an urban area right and if you're running a restaurant not just a delivery kitchen you need to figure out what you can do with that location correct the potential it has to be turned into an fso right fifth i would say it would be your brand creating a brand requires planning correct you need to figure out what kind of image you want your brand to have whom do you want to appeal to your market segment and how you are going to go about marketing it how how you are going to sell your product right and i think the last step would be your trials and training your staff and once you are done with all of this once you are really confident only then you can start because right. if you are not confident with your product if you don't have a product that you think is perfect if you don't believe in your product 100% nobody is going to believe it right you really need to believe in your product if you want to sell it and i think that would be my checklist personally that was quite a comprehensive checklist thanks a lot for that now coming to one of the points that you pointed out in this checklist the budgeting right yes so yes. how do you how did you personally go about the budgeting uh percentage wise if you could say what were the major contributing factors in your monthly budget and what are the uh, surprising or what are the uh, significant contributors towards your budget which were quite inintuitive okay so from my personal experience always have your fixed costs figured out these will be your salaries and rent and all of that right and for me salaries have always been the biggest contributor of my budget i'd okay. say about almost 60 to 70% would be salaries okay and these need to be in place because your organization can't run without your employees without and your employees right. work without the salaries right and then you have your rent and you know the other fixed costs right one thing that you need to budget for especially if you're cooking seasonal especially if your restaurant is in a seasonal location right is the seasonal produce so for me a lot of my menu comprises of seafood okay and seafood is a very seasonal ingredient right right so it may will be say 400 rupees in winter and 
by monsoon the same fish will cost you 1000 rupees a kilo you need to budget for these things or your costs are going to go your costs need to change accordingly right got it and another thing is when with seasonal produce you need to keep maintain your inventory also right proportion to these fluctuations and yeah right and that is something people usually forget to budget for and even i would forget to budget like, right forget to budget for these things initially but these are things you pick up on the way and right budget for so talking about the uh, personal and the manpower experiences what has been your experience with hiring like you are exp- you are hiring all the locals but i'm sure like how the whole industry faces there might be a high turnover rate probably in your uh, area right so what has been your experience with that how do you maintain how do you manage your team in such a way that there is a low turnover rate of the employees and what have been your problems and experiences with that so a major problem we had with hiring hiring actually didn't take place like it usually does it was more of a word of mouth process there were no interviews or anything right like you have in a formal setting it was right. more word of mouth you know asking people around that is do you know anybody who's interested in xyz job correct and once we found these people like i said we trained them in the sops of hygiene and organization and all of that right but one major problem we face at times would be the work culture in rural areas right it is so much different to that in urban areas you know right and like in bombay way. you'll have in bombay you'll have one person traveling from virar to naruman point for his job because he wants to work correct right? but over there in i mean in alibag it would be a lot to ask someone if you just ask them to travel from the next village which is 2 kilometers away to their place of work okay people are self sufficient over there people are farming they don't really need to work right got it this is it's work is just something they do to keep themselves occupied right so the same work culture is not there and right. this, it's something you need we had to inculcate in our staff that we are actually running a professional organization here there are certain things we need as certain attendants as certain working hours that need to be followed correct so how big is and your team right now uh, the kitchen staff and the outdoor staff right now we have a kitchen staff of three women okay and one manager right and so does your staff staffing also change seasonally or is it approximately this much only or if there is a high tourist season do you employ more people yes when during winter when we have more people coming in we hire a few people on on a part time basis to help okay okay got it so even staff is seasonal right a lot of the things are seasonal yes right so one of the last few questions as an entrepreneur what do you net yet not know uh, what do you feel are the shortcomings that you have as a business owner or things that you would like to improve by yourself 
so uh, as a entrepreneur there's a lot i don't know yet i feel like every time we have a small issue or like a complaint coming in or right. a problem with the staff i'm learning something new every day and right. when you're an entrepreneur you are running every department of your Correct. organization you are the hr department you are the finance department you are you are the kitchen department everything is under you right correct and i mean nobody trained us to work in each and every one of these departments right so every function you do it's like you're learning a particular skill so there is a lot i don't know yet for me to put into one answer <laughs> no problem so uh, you have various channels of sales right you have the people coming into dine in with advanced bookings and you also have uh, uh, deliveries going out in your, in your nearby areas so what is the sales mix like between these and how do you manage this uh, difference between these two so during the season i mean covid has changed a lot of things for us right so right now we are just doing deliveries and takeaways okay but during the season when dinings were allowed we actually had 70% of people coming into dine and the other 30% of our revenue was coming from deliveries and takeaways right and this delivery so and takeaways was also a has... uh, tourist based or was it also a bit local based by locals we are talking about bungalow owners in alibag not right local local right right these right. are people from okay who have bought uh, land in alibag so it's a mix of the two there some people coming in and renting a villa for a weekend they will order then there's people who have been living in alibag for years they will also order right it's a it's a fairly 50 50 mix of tourists and Okay. But during season, during December, Jan, during winter months, it is more of the tourists. Right. So, one of the last questions: What does the future hold for Paisley? What is the vision two five years down the line? What are the expansion plans? I see you've also done like pop ups for uh, different cuisines. What is the future plans with those? We have a lot of requests of people asking for Western food, or you know, people just telling me that. do you have exquisite food i'm really craving it okay so and honestly during the lockdown i was in alibag and there's not much there's not much to do in alibag right especially in lockdown right you can't step out right so i thought let let's cook something that let's make something that i personally enjoy cooking correct so i came up with the pop up and we were actually We're actually planning more in the future because it was a big success. Nice. Is And it going to come to Mumbai finally? Maybe, maybe we did a <laughs> pop up in Bombay last year also. Right. Yeah. So when we talk about the future for Paisley, I would say my first biggest goal would be autonomy. Okay. Because right now every order goes through me, and to some extent, I am looking. over each and every order that goes out okay what i would like is for it to be a independent organization that runs on its own okay. facilitated by me and of course there's smaller goals like a growth in terms of covers in terms of capacity in terms of the number of 
people we can host at a time right and talking long run we are looking at starting a more holistic all rounded experience where people can come stay at the place okay like a bnb right an organic farm that sustains not only just our kitchen but we can also sell okay that sounds really interesting and this is 2 to 5 years down the line and even beyond that i um i want to start multiple locations and in those okay. locations we don't serve the same food as we do over here okay. but we serve the local food of that particular region or area right got it set up in rural areas and generate employment there make their economy flourish and serve the cuisine of that particular area right so those are my long term goals obviously and i wish you the best of luck for that thank you so much so uh, we we come to the end of the podcast by this point if you would like to ask the viewers to come to paisley anytime in the future you can do that right here i would absolutely love to see all of your listeners visit so are you open for dining right now not right now because uh, i'm actually waiting for my staff to get vaccinated okay so, so what is the plan we when do does that, it start once we do that maybe a month okay in a month we shall be open for dining again okay and where exactly in alibag is uh, your place we're in the small village called dhokaude near mandwa 5 minutes from mandwa okay great that brings us to the end of the third episode of my podcast hope this is entertaining or informative to whoever has stayed on till now adios tata goodbye